Metu Netter 4. The Alsarian Resurrection, the Initiate's Daily Meditation Guide. Ra on Nefer Amen. Beginning on page 11. Author's Preface. This book is a step-by-step guide to the practice of ancient Egypt's chief religious and spiritual practice. Were you to believe the majority of leading Egyptologists, ancient Egypt Kemet, did not have a religion or spiritual system if it is judged by the world's leading religious and spiritual systems as the standards? The ancient Egyptians, they claimed, were as far as religion concerned, very primitive. They worshipped animals, the sun Ra, and their kings, and were stepped and were steeped in superstition and magic. As a result, hardly anyone has taken Egyptian religion seriously to this date. Enter into a serious discussion of religion and spirituality, and the talk turns to Christianity. Hinduism, Islam, Judaism, Sikhism, Jainism, and the Bahi faith. Even Confucianism, Taoism, and Buddhism, which are more of a philosophy of life, there is no acknowledgement of the existence of God in them, are included in the rank of the world's leading religions. If the claims of Egyptologists are true, and if the biblical portrayal of Egyptian religion is true, then this book is not worth the paper it has been printed on. But as you will see, and especially if you put the teachings of this book into practice, the ancient Egyptian religion is one of God's greatest gifts to the world. A little journey into this history of religion will help to set the record straight. We will take a look at hard, verifiable facts. How to use this book. Metuneter Volume 4 is an initiation study and workbook. 1. Read through the entire book to get a full picture of the initiation goal, milestones, and procedures. 2. The initiation process is time-conditioned as it is based on the annual cycle of man's spirit. It starts on February 21st and culminates in the winter solstice, December 20th to the 24th. For Northern Hemisphere dwellers, the reverse, August to June, for Southerners. The initiation work is to be repeated every year. It is not a circular path, but a spiral as each year you will extract greater insight and power from the circuit. Three, you must carry out the spiritual work that is appointed for each part of the spirit at its appropriate time. If you acquired this book out of cycle, you must jump in, so to speak, to do the work of the particular month, but you will be seeking competition in the completion in the cycle for the following year. Read up on the work that you missed to get a sense of the progression of the work, as it is possible for a neophyte to do this work 
by him or herself, we have provided an online form to assist you in the work. Go to www.taiforums.com and register. It is free. Once you are approved, you will be able to have your questions answered and to network with other initiates. A brief history of religion. What is God and what what is a God and what is God? Any valid discussion of the history of religion must begin with the understanding of what is a God and what is God. The erudite editors of Webster's New Universal Unabridged Dictionary, 1996, by Random House Value Publishing, Inc., define the word God as follows. The supreme being, the creator, and the ruler of the universe. You cannot define a word through its equally unknown synonym, God, supreme being. One of several deities, especially a male deity, presiding over some portion of worldly affairs, same God deities, the supreme being understood as life, truth, love, mind, soul, spirit, principle, same, an image of a deity, an idol, we are here totally unraveling, any defied person or object. If this is the guidance provided by the top literati to university students, we need not wonder why there are so many problems in the world in spite of the availability of the plethora of religious teachings and services. Let's consider a definition of the word God derived from the understanding of ancient Egyptian religion. John is an alpha type man. In other words, his personality fits into the alpha category. He is very entrepreneurial, a risk taker, takes initiative, he is driven and drives others, bossy and can be rather insensitive about other people's needs and feelings. The key thing to understand here is that John is not responsible for his personality. He did nothing to manifest these qualities. In fact, he may or may not like these things about himself. His behavior is clearly the effect of a certain energy, modality, temperament, temperature, hot and dry. The heat expresses itself in its in his energetic overbeing, overbearing nature, and the dryness is a metaphor for his low level of sympathy, empathy, and so on. We can also tie into the heat and dryness a propensity to certain illnesses, and we can make, to a certain degree, intelligent prog prognostications about the way he lived his life. Prone to confrontations, quarrels, impulsive actions, etc. I said that John did not make himself this way. We saw that a definition of the, a word God in Webster's dictionary included the phrase presiding over some portion of worldly affairs. Well, this is exactly what we are seeing in regards to whatever it is that is responsible for John's personality, his health, and the affairs in his life. 
the best is yet to come. John is not the only member of the alpha type of people. Otherwise, of course, it would not be a type. The world is heavily populated with alpha people, which reveals to us that there is a metaphysical something that presides over the lives of alpha people. Of course, we know that there are other types of people and therefore other metaphysical some things that are presiding over the lives of other types of people. We do not have adequate labels and categorization tables in Western culture for the various types of people that compose mankind. Western man has not done for mankind what he has done for plants, animals, insects, atoms, etc. They have been categorized according to the underlying factors that shape their typological uniqueness. Fortunately for us, the ancients beginning with the ancient Egyptians did this for the world at least 5,000 years ago. The so-called alpha people were classed as Heru or Herukahuti types, the romantic, creative, and artistic types as Het Heru, the nurturing, accommodating, peace-loving as Aset, the expansive, political-minded, legalistic, philosophical as Ma'at and Tahuti, the sober, pedantic, scrupulous as Seker, the clever, syslogistic, logical, bookish, by the precedent type as Sebek. A better known classification system is the astrological. And there's a table with two columns and eight rows that reads comedic on the left and astrological on the right. Seker, Saturnal, Tahuti Ma'at, Jupiterarian, Heru Solar, Herukahuti Marshall, Het Heru Venusian, Sebek Mercurial, Auset Lunar. No one can deny that these personality types exist. They are well known and defined and are documented in the literature. What we must keep in mind is that the course of our lives follow very much the influences from our personalities, which are in turn shaped by unknown factors that operate our subconscious. The seen, the events in our lives, are shaped by the unseen. There is nothing unusual about this. We have already witnessed how the unseen and unperceivable subatomic particles and energies shape the events in the perceived world. To the unseen or metaphysical or subconscious factors that shape man's life through his personalities, the ancient Egyptians gave the name Neturu. We know that the Neturu of Egypt that represent man's personalities, the Pout Neturu, are the same as the archangels of the Kabbalistic tree of life. Het Heru is Hana El, Heru is Micah El, and so on. Whether the Kabbalists 
understood that these are the shapers of man's personalities is up to them to say so. If I am an Alpha or Heru or Micah L type person, meaning that the worldly affairs in my life are being shaped by a solar something operating in my subconscious, it behooves me to find out everything that I can about it. This was the essence of religion in Kemet, the cultivation of the Neturu that shaped man's life in order to ensure their positive expressions and to optimize the manifestation of their talents. This is true psychology, true philosophy, and true religion. Once again, it is understood that the Neturu deities are aspects of God's spirit transformations of Ra, the Holy Spirit, as they are called in Kemet. Many of the so-called deities are God, a certain class of metaphysical entities that shape the worldly affairs of people's lives are the archangels of Christianity and Judaism. The Pautneteru of Kemet, the Orishas of the Yoruba, and so on. What about other so-called deities? Are not worldly affairs, i.e. external invisible events shaped by an eternal and unseen shaping forces? Some people seek to manipulate them through devices, while others use the mind and other natural means. What is the difference at the end of the day? Monotheism and polytheism. Is polytheism dead? Is monotheism established in the world? How can you know if you don't even have an intelligent definition of God and gods? It should be clear to us by now that our lives are shaped by metaphysical factors. Call them as psychologists do, unknown some things, or the subconscious mind, or call them Neturu or archangels or angels or orishas. What is a name? but the understanding behind it. Shout all the praises that you want to heaven that you are worshiping the one God, the supreme being in your life is predominantly the expression of your natal personality. The material or martial or Venetian or what you have, what have you, then that is the God you are worshiping. You are an athlete. Then the God that is providing you with the means, the talent, and the genius of your livelihood is Herukahuti, or Ogun, or Samael, or Mars. And what do we make of all the sacrifices that you make of your health, friends, and relationships, and even if going to church for the sake of fulfilling this great martial gift from God? You must learn to see that people make huge sacrifices to their gods, the shapers of their personality and providers of their talents, in order to succeed in life. And what do we make of the manifestation of the negative side of your personality, the deity? The world has been duped into believing in a false definition of God and the gods. And as a result, the monotheists are 
monotheists, but not to one God, but to the gods that shape their personalities and the worldly affairs of their lives. And worse, they have not been taught how to cultivate the positive side of their personas. One of the great quests of scientists today is to find the one law that unites all of the laws of nature. It is the quest for the gestalt of the universe. Thousands of years ago, it became clear to the Kamau, ancient Egyptians, that there were different factors shaping from the unseen religions of the world, people's personalities and their lives. They also note that all of the shaping factors exist in all people with one exercising a dominant role in the life of the majority of people. This is the NATO personality. They also noted that the various shaping factors of personalities and events in people's lives were underlined by the four modalities of energy and that through these and that through these their relationship to each other and to the whole and their interaction with the world could be understood. It is thus the shapers of personalities, the Neturu, were hierarchically and relationally assembled into the Pout Neturu, the comedic tree of life. In other words, they were unified. They also discovered through revelation from God that at the end of man's evolutionary growth, there comes into being a personality that is shaped by the factors that unite all of the others to enable them to work together as one. This personality is Asar, Ausar, and is the expression of the aspect of man's being, her, his self, through which the unity of man with God and all other men is achieved. In other words, as long as you live your life and is the expression of the solar or the lunar or alpha personality, you are not experiencing the personality expression that will give you the experience of oneness with God, the supreme being. You will be living the likeness and image of Venus or Mars, etc., and not of God whose likeness and image is the archetype of your identity. This is the true monotheism. Furthermore, we must note that all shaping factors of personalities, archangels, neturu, have a positive and a negative expression, or manifest good and bad character. Of course, the bad character of the deities within us is the evil in the world. The negative venusian Venison throws his or her weight around and so on. How do we get rid of the bad character? That is one of the chief functions of the unifying personality, Ausar. It is the God that teaches civilization to man and brings true prosperity through spirituality as we are told in the literature. It is the Savior it is the source of the ability to love universally and unconditionally. None of the other personalities, which are where most people live out of, can do this. 
This is why all the talk in the world and the chanting of peace carols cannot bring peace and love into the world. They are expressions of the personality that has the role of the unifying that has the role of unifying all in the world. You cannot think peace and love or try to live it as a Martian or Venusian or Jupiterian. You have to be the unifying person, the Alsar. This is the one. Living it is the true monotheism. And here ends the reading on page 18.